Whoa, God. <laughs> what? Been right there, man. An episode. Here we go. <laughs> I, t- I didn't know you hit play. Here you went. Um, yeah. Hey, what do you want to talk about? Man, uh, something's been on my mind lately. Tell me about it. <sighs> You're not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should go with what Hunter and Caleb want to talk about. That's usually a better strategy because yeah. it tends to stay a CrossFit podcast <laughs> when they're in charge. I like it. I Hunter, like it. lead the way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we we were kind of having a little conversation about just, you know, we got another Beachbody challenge starting up, going on right now. And, um, you know, we always get a lot of discussion around logging food, you know, the point system, tracking workouts, that type of thing. And I think we kind of wanted to dig into the the – you know, the, the purpose of tracking food in general and talk about why we encourage people to track their food, why we encourage the people to track their workouts and um, good ways to do it. And I would guess I would venture to say not so good ways to do it or ways to look at it. The, the challenge itself, we've had over 400 people now go through the challenge. We have, you know, close to 50 one-on-one nutrition clients in our gyms. Uh, and so we as the experience and as we've been able to take people through the process of tracking food, um, keeping up with things on paper and starting to really open your eyes to, oh, it's possible for me to engage food and not just guess from one meal to the next of what is healthy. Like, oh, I go through a drive-through, what is healthy? You know, I have people ask me all the time, oh, do you think this is, what would be a good option to order? And the answer is always the same. It has it has one hundred percent everything to do with what you've eaten already that day, or what you plan to eat later, and even what you've eaten earlier in the week. And so, when we get to go through this point system with people that we've developed that helps people reward themselves for focusing on the main things, it really helps you not have to look just down at your feet, but you get to look up and see where you're going, and right. you get to look back and see where you've been. And when you get to do that, then you get to you're more accurate at where your destination is. And what we find is that for a lot of people, they start with a view of nutrition that is staring at one meal at a time. What is on this plate? Is this healthy or not? And it, again, is like trying to get to a destination physically and just staring at your feet. It's like, well, I think this step looks good. Like it's not off a cliff, so it must be healthy. And the reality is we need to be able to just give people tools to be able to look around and see oh, this is a lot, I'm going in the right direction at least. This may be, I may have taken a step a little bit left, but it wasn't backwards. And if I go left, I can just go to the right a little bit and I'm still going straight. I think we want want to try to get away from the view of looking at a meal as, is it healthy or is it unhealthy? And looking at it more in the aspect of, is this, you know, how does this fit in my overall plan uh, for what I, where I want to get to and what I want to do? And, and having a little bit more perspective and, what what meal what you're choosing for your meals and um, what you're choosing you know for a week a week's long a week's worth of meals not just one specific meal and then not defining ourselves as a success or failure based on our determination of if that's a healthy meal or an unhealthy meal and um, realizing that you know the the calories that you put in into what my fitness pal says your macros and calories were for the day does not make you does not define you as a person or as a success or a failure for that given day. And it's not, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And being able to take that uh, perspective of it and realizing that the, the amount of calories I had last week 
is not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. It's just more of here's um, a way for me to determine if what I'm eating is going to get me towards my goals or not. And being able to determine if I need to make a change to the way I'm doing things or not. And it's really just data points and data is not good or bad. It just is data. We want people to have peace of mind with what they eat and around food so they can enjoy when they eat ice cream or they can enjoy when they eat lean, you know, uh, fresh tuna and veggies. We just want people to be able to know where they're going with their food so that they can finally not drive through somewhere and be stressed about, is this going to, did I just blow this? Or, you know, is this going to ruin everything? When you give people tools to help them see the big picture, then all of a sudden you can not stress about whether or not that meal was perfect or not, because no meal is perfect. There's no way, there. it's impossible to have a perfect meal. And so when you eliminate that fear, I guess, of being imperfect with your food, then all of a sudden you can relax a little, you can enjoy your food for what it is, and you know that everything's going to be okay because I have 20, 21 to 28 more of these this week where I get to take a step in the right direction if I choose to. And so, you know, I thought about it again. If you have four meals, say you have three meals a day and a snack meal and you have 28 meals every single week, if you calculate that over a month, over three months, over six months, all of a sudden one meal is becomes 1% of who you're going to be and what your body's going to be like. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is either getting you towards that or it's maybe not getting you towards where you want to be. And so I think just helping people realize that food is a lot bigger picture and it's more about the habits. And so that's where, you know, your long-term habits are what we try to emphasize in our, even a challenge that is short, six weeks is not a long time, Um, but it just helps people kind of feel a little bit more freedom around, you know what, I didn't blow this. Mm-hmm. I didn't just I didn't just ruin everything because I had this one meal. That's the most common thing that sabotages what you guys are saying, like that one failure, quote unquote. It's like, oh well, it's over now, it's done. I think it's just the perspective of looking at it as whether it's a success or a failure. And if I didn't hit my numbers, then I failed or I'm unhealthy, or if I hit my numbers, I succeeded. And it's not about that. It's about tracking and gathering data over a given period of time so we can determine how many calories you're eating over a, on average over a certain amount of time, what your macros look like on average over a certain amount of time, what your body weight and composition is doing over a certain amount of time, and then we can adjust accordingly. But if you're not tracking you know, um, accurately, which a lot of times some people will just track all the good food and then they won't put in their snacks because they feel bad about it and they don't want Fitness Pal to see, it's not it's not a judgment of who you are and the coach is not looking at your stuff to judge you and say, Oh, you failed this week. You, you did a terrible job. No, it's all just about using data to be able to make informed decisions and being able to determine whether, uh, it's it, you need to tweak your, your total calories or your total macros or whether you just need to keep doing what you're doing. It's all about just trying to use it as a tool, um, and taking the judgment out of it. And the same aspect goes for, you know, logging your score in SugarWad. You know, there's a lot of people that will not log their sugar, their score in SugarWad because, you know, maybe they don't feel like um, they fit enough to be able to put a score in or they think other people are going to judge them because they didn't finish it, you know, where they think they 
could or should on the leaderboard or whatever. And so they only log some days or they don't log at all because they don't want to be a part of that. But then you're missing out on the whole um, t- purpose of the tool, which is to be able to track your progress and your consistency over time. And if you do just put it in there without realizing that your a time on a workout on a Tuesday in, in July is not good or bad. It's not indicative of you as a person. It's not a judgment of you. It's just... It, it's a time. It's something that you, you a score that you got on that given moment, um, and then it's going to be something that you can look back on in the future and say, "Wow, I did this workout six months ago, two minutes slower. I, I think what I've been doing is working." Or I did it six months ago and I did it two minutes faster. Then maybe something I'm doing needs to change if my goal is to get faster or get fitter. And ultimately, it's all about taking the judgment and the, um, the, the self-worth and, you know, all that type of stuff out of the equation and realizing all this stuff is just data points and tools to help you, um, get to where you want, ultimately want to go. Cause really ultimately what it's all about is being healthier and fitter and, you know, for some losing weight, for some it's, you know, getting stronger, whatever the case may be. But ultimately it's about helping you, um, get to where you want to be with your health and fitness and living a longer longer, healthier life and having a higher quality of life and be able to do more longer throughout your life. It's not about this, the number of calories and the percent your, of protein your total calories were on Tuesday, July 10th, 2022. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I just had this experience actually. Uh, today's program workout, Don Draper. And I'm looking through and I'm like, okay, Performance. Is this a performance or a competition day? Rarely do I have that <laughs> decision to yeah. make, but I saw the movements. I'm like, okay, did I re-? And then I realized, oh my gosh, I, I did comp last time. I did this. I completely forgot. I yeah. mean, I remembered a little bit about Don Draper, uh, but I certainly didn't know what track I chose. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the score, but it was, it was sitting there for me and it kind of helped guide. And I know after I do that workout today, uh, is it going to be slower or faster? I don't know. But if it is slower, then I've got a lot of other things to take into account. Mm-hmm. I've been sick. I haven't been feeling that great. I'm kind of in that trend getting back into the gym. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of things to take into account. But yeah, the, having the metric it was of, of extreme value for me today in Sugarwad. It, there's a lot of yeah you could go in food exercise rest we've, we've definitely water, done yeah. yeah and we've done we've done workouts before where I've done it. Now we've been doing these these Coyote benchmark workouts for three years probably now. There's some of them I've done them four times, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get better at that score, but five seconds is a big deal, whereas the first time maybe it was a little bit more than that. And so even just being able to look back and just have that extra little confidence boost that like, okay, it is worth my time to focus on my nutrition and to be consistent. And maybe I didn't feel great. And so I wasn't, I was a little nervous because oh, I didn't sleep as good. And you do better than you think. You I know? thought you were about to the say, fl- there's no way I'm going to do Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> no, that's what I <laughs> no. thought you were about to say. Yeah, no. Which by the way, I PR'd the second time around only because I walked the last run. We could do an episode about <laughs> all of these workouts. Walked. with Buzz Lightyear sends chills through the Coyote community. It does. That's the one. It I think, I think you've talked about it like four or five different times. Um, yeah, it's it's in my mind. <laughs> Here, I'll it's go back to... In your dome. <laughs> we'll throw it back. We'll throw it back to nutrition with clients that we work with. I think one thing that I... I don't like this because it's great for people to see success right from the start and they, they're rolling and they're c- completely bought in. But a lot of times when people start 
and we don't we don't change a lot. It's just, hey, let's just start. Like, we need to know where are you, what are you eating? Because you could tell me what you're eating, and you're probably going to forget most of it. 40% of the yep. things that you've eaten, even in the last 24 hours, much less for the whole week. And so by just writing it down, and so sometimes when people start and they don't, they don't see success, maybe they go the opposite direction. When you can see the opposite direction and tie it to what you're eating written down, all of a sudden it makes sense for the first time for people that oh, I thought that smoothie was healthy, but it's 900 calories. Mm. I had this experience with a lady and I, I did an Instagram story about it. Um, and what happened, she thought she was making the best possible decision by not eating out, not getting fast food, not going to across the street and getting the chicken bowl, whatever it was. She was going to Smoothie King and getting a 20 ounce smoothie and full of turbinado. We, we sat down for the first time and I said, well, let's just look, like, let's look at what your day looks like. And when she put that smoothie in, it was 920 calories and it had 20 grams of protein in it. That's 80 calories. So 80 calories of her protein healthy smoothie was protein mm-hmm. and the other 820 calories were carbs and fat. And she had no idea. And it changed her life. Like right there, it was that thing you thought was healthy literally was the thing that had added 30, if you were to play it out for a year. Yeah. Probably contributed to the equivalent of excess calories of what you thought that contributed to 25 to 30 pounds of body fat. That's so cool what you're saying there because nothing about her focus or effort or motivation needed to change. No, she had the best intentions and that's what what sucks about food. (laughs) It's the best thing and the worst thing, but that's the hardest thing with food is sometimes the best intention. That's the easiest thing for me to post about is the food you think is healthy is the same, if not more calories, the, the quote unquote, like the high protein balls, you know, that yeah. there's some, some recipe out there for peanut butter, chocolate, anything. It's probably more <laughs> calories than just going and having a Reese's cup. It's I guarantee mar- you. It's all marketed as yeah. healthy. So you'll buy it, but they understand that they got to have all this stuff in here. That's going to get people to eat more and more of it. Yep. So protein, that's another one. We talk about that a lot. Anytime there's protein on a boxed something on the middle shelves of aisles, usually that just means that there's, it's still a Snickers bar, but they added protein to it, which just means they added more calories to it. And so from that, like back to where we're talking about with this is when you are equipped to know what's in your food, all of a sudden you get to make that decision. Yeah. And you don't have to go for years at the whims of someone who's just telling you like, oh, it's organic and there's 12 grams of protein in it. And you don't realize that that 12 grams of protein is 15% of the calories for the whole thing. Yeah. And so when you equip people with that, their whole life changes because then they can determine what their goal is. We don't, we don't determine people's goals for them. But once they're equipped with that, then all of a sudden they see what happens in six weeks when they're equipped with that. And they get to choose if they want to continue to do that or sometimes they don't. But yeah. you just want people to not be misled when it comes to their tracking. That's really good. One other thing I did want to touch on was um, the in-body scan. And that's a tool that we love because it really can kind of tell you what's going on in your body. You know, a lot, so many times we've seen people's body weight has gone up, but their body fat percent has gone way down because they're they're trading fat for muscle and they're putting muscle on and changing their metabolism and all that type of stuff. But you can also start to see people just become defined by what that body fat percent number is. 
and then everything is if that number hasn't gone down, everything I've done is a waste. It's a fa- I'm a failure. I haven't done, you know, all this time was was wasted, and I'm I'm not a health, healthy fit person. Um, when it could just be, you know, maybe you're holding a little bit extra water weight because of what you had this weekend or whatever, and trying to understand that that's just a data point and a tool just like the other stuff. And it's not a definition of you, whether you're a healthy person or an unhealthy person. It's just a tool for us to determine what's going on. And maybe we, if it's not what we want to be, maybe we want to make a change. But, you know, just trying to, to see it for what it is and not put too much stock into into that specific thing. Just like yeah. try not to put too much stock in your specific time on a workout or your, the numbers that you hit. Uh, on your calories or macros that day or, you know, any other data point that you want to measure, the in-body scan is all, all it is is just a tool to determine what's going on under the hood, but it's not a definition of who you are as a person or whether you're a success or a failure. There are tons of numbers on that sheet, by the yeah. way, other than body fat percentage. Right. Tons. There's lots of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of metrics in that one body scan, but I've been guilty of that. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I was after that body fat percentage, and then when somebody says that, though, at one of our gyms, it's not long before a coach, they'll overhear it, and they'll be like, okay, what what happened in, in your trunk? Like, did you at and you start you try to take people to the other parts of that report? Not yeah. your physical trunk. Yeah. Well, well like, that's right. yeah, like that's me, right. for, for, when I got sick, I scanned in um, last week or two weeks ago, and I lost my body fat percent went back up to the highest had been in a while, and I lost a decent amount of muscle because I was literally laying around for a week and hardly ate anything. And so I just kind of wanted to get a baseline, see where I was at so I could, you know, kind of start making progress. But I'm to the point now where I understood, like, this is not going to be my best scan. This is just kind of determining where I'm at so I can kind of get back on track and um, going back forward. But I've seen people be sick for a week and come back and scan and be like, I lost three pounds of muscle. Like, gosh, I can't believe this. Or I'm vacation. Like, yeah, they come or, back or come from vacation back. and go yeah. straight to the yeah. scanner. It's yeah. like, do Don't not touch do that. <laughs> three weeks, don't touch it. Yeah. It's only going to depress you. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And, and all it is is just a tool, just like anything else, and it's not a definition. And, you know, I've done enough scans over, over the years to where – I mean, if you go back and look at my chart, it's like, a you know, it's up and down. It's never, it's not going to be the same every single time. It's never going to be. It's always going to be changing. And and it, I'm the same person on each each and every one of those scans. Mm. Each and every one of those data points, I'm still the same person. That's and right. so at the this point doesn't make me a success. This point doesn't make me a failure. All it is is, hey, I maybe need to tweak something. Maybe I haven't been as consistent as I thought. Let me go back and check my sugar wise, see if I've been doing as many workouts as I thought. Let me check my fitness pal, see if I've been hitting my numbers as consistently as I thought. Oh, I need to change this. I need to change that. But it's just a data point and it's not a definition of who you are what's really hard i think is when people use certain data points but if like what hunter's saying he knows from years of experience like okay i look back at these things over this amount of time and that's going to probably explain a good bit and it's going to give me some peace of mind if if you've been sick if you've been on vacation if you've been maybe taking a step back and focusing on something outside of the gym for a little bit longer uh than normal then of course like that's going to help him just realize this isn't me. It's just a reflection of my habits. But for a lot of people, you scan and you're never happy with it. Like oh, yeah. there's, what number is it going to show where you're going to be like, oh, I'm good? <laughs> no one. And so what we see yeah. oftentimes is there's a mismatch between what are your habits and what are you looking at? Like what is your goal? And so what we try to help people do is at least if you're going to be unhappy with your with your scan or if you're going to set a goal based on what you see on the paper, 
let's look at what's happening off the paper and let's just create a plan so that you're not living in this like twilight of frustration. Like it's a twilight zone of frustration where it's like, it really is never perfect. And I see few people who are very happy with scans if they haven't been focusing on their habits. One thing I've also seen with scans is they get to a point where they're happy with and they're still stressed out because they're like, gotta hold I don't it. know if I can keep I gotta this. Hold I don't it. know. Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah. got to it, but I'm, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to be able to stay here. Yeah. I'm like, if you go back up a percent or two, it's not going to affect your life at all. Here's yeah. another one is people can be super pumped about it and then their friend that they work out with gets on the scanner and it's different than theirs or quote unquote better, which most people view as a lower body fat percentage or higher muscle. And all of a sudden they're not happy with it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it's like, yeah. I mean, that's life. Like there's a lot of things in life. Mm, that, it's just that like the workout way. when you post your score and you're happy with it and then you, somebody beats you by one rep and all of a sudden you're mad. Because, yeah. How did that change anything yeah. about what you just did physically right. for 10 minutes? But there's, I think that's the other thing too, is set your goals based on you and don't, because there are, however old you are, there are times 365, there are that many different factors of what your day, what your life has looked like how you grew up, all these different factors, your genetics. There's so many factors that, if you're not careful, can lead to you being um, unhappy in in where you're at. So what we try to do with the challenge especially and with nutrition coaching is to help people, even with the on-ramp when people get started in the gym, mm-hmm. is just help them really focus in on the things that they can control um, and set goals that they really truly want like what is the we say it a lot like what is the five levels deep the why of your effort in the gym your attention to your nutrition what's the true reason why you want to do that and then when people can get there they're more likely to be happy when they see their progress because if they if they don't have a goal then most of the time we set our goals based on other people around us and that's when it can be never ending unhappiness. Yeah. Always chasing somebody else. Yep. Yeah. Your own And you'll never be them. Never. You, it's impossible to become that other person. Yeah. And so, uh, that's, that's a challenge for a lot of people, I think with metrics. So you, just to summarize, cause we need to move on to our next segment, but you guys are, would say, use all of these things. Don't let those things use you. Exactly. That's a very good way to yeah. put it. Yeah. They're all tools. They're data points. They're not, they're neither good nor they're or they're bad. They just are, and they're just a way to determine if I need to tweak something or if I just need to continue doing what I'm doing to get to where I want to be. And then to get to where you want to be can be different for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. body fat percent. Uh, where uh, what is ideal for uh, somebody who's trying to make it to the CrossFit Games is completely different than somebody who has three kids and just wants to be fit and healthy for the rest of their life. Like that's completely different. And so just determining what specifically where what is ideal for you and figuring out using those data points to say, am I there or do I need to make some changes to get there? You know, and also realizing like it's never going to be a static thing. I'm never going to get to this point where I've arrived and, you know, here I am for the rest of my life. It's never going to be like that. It's always going to be a, you know, a journey and a up and down battle. But, you know, you just use them to if you get off track, how to get back on track. All right, so having said that, who's going to take Don Draper today between the two of you? Caleb will probably. Oh, yeah. Here's I, – I literally like – Coming off illness, coming off vacation. <laughs> I remember doing this workout. Like I, a lot of these workouts, like I remember every detail of it. And I remember doing it. I've already done it. I did it this morning. It was 60% of my score the first time. 
like the my number of reps were sixty mm-hmm. percent of what it was. I haven't worked out in eleven days. Well, ten days. But like that doesn't determine anything about my day at all yeah. today. If anything, having done this so many times, like I'm so much at peace with like, you know what? I finished the workout. I you wasn't did it. I I didn't lay on the ground. I just and I posted about this yesterday for some accountability, but like yeah. here's some tips on getting back into the gym when you've been off. Give yourself a two-week ramp at least to before you set any kind of physical expectation of what you should do. You know, drink lots of water, like stretch good, like don't try to get it all back today. And then certainly don't judge yourself off of your performance when you've been with a certain circumstance. And that's what all of us realize the more we coach is I see the potential of 220 people who could walk into our gym on that day in Flowood. And each person has such a unique last seven days that there's no way on earth I would ever judge them for what that 10-minute workout looks like. Mm. There's just no chance. And when you apply that to yourself, it gives you so much freedom because they don't know what I've been doing. Like that person could look in there and I could be super stressed because it's like, oh, he's a coach and his score wasn't very good or his score was whatever. But they don't know where I've been and I give that respect to everybody too. Quick tangent on this. I was having this conversation last week with somebody and you know, when when, when I used to compete and I was you know, trying to make it to the CrossFit Games and all that type of stuff. Training to me was so stressful because it was always, if I didn't feel like I got a good enough score, I was stressed about it. Or if I felt like you know, I was always watching to see if somebody else was going to beat me, if somebody beat me, even if I, it was my best effort, I would be stressed about it and feel bad about myself. And then the next day it was just another cycle. And it was year after year after year of feeling stressed about my workouts. And now I'm to the point where I literally couldn't care less if somebody beat me on a workout or not. I mean, I enjoy the competition aspect of it when I'm next to somebody. If somebody's right next to me, I'm going to try to beat them, you know, and finish ahead of them just because it's fun. But at the end of the day, if they beat me, it it literally has no impact on me for the rest of the day because I have, you know, I guess with a lot of time, the perspective of it doesn't matter what my time is today. It doesn't matter what my time was last week. It's all about the ultimate, you know, long-term goal. And so it's just made training so much more fun for me without having the stress of I need to perform this certain you know, put this certain score up on the leaderboard. I need mm-hmm. to, you know, have, be the top of the competition track today or else people are going to think I'm a fraud or whatever. But, you know, in reality, that's not the case. Nobody cares about what your score is at all. I You're heard, the only person that cares about yeah, it, really. Right. I heard Rich Froning talk about that. He said the biggest, the only point of pressure for them is he knows that so many other people rely on him for his income that, or for the income that comes in through Mayhem and mm-hmm. the success that they've had. And as it grows, there's a lot of people where his name and who he was at the beginning kind of spread out. Now, there's a lot of people who he employs through that. And one of the pressures that he has to put out of his mind is like, if we don't win the CrossFit Games, are people going to not support Mayhem? Are they going to look to someone else? Wow. And all of a sudden, and all the things he's accomplished as as you know the fittest man on earth for years and years and now with teams and all, they put they put a i think they had almost 100 semifinal athletes in uh all through the different continents and different people that follow their programming if he were to rely on that as his identity like it would be a miserable way to live mm-hmm. a lot but of weight, yeah and so each of us like in our own little way you know hunter has that way well it's the same for our coaches you know, they have this little, I know they fight that. It's, oh, are people going to come in the gym and are they going to not trust me because I maybe didn't do very good on a workout? And it can lead to stress for you. It may be, you know, the the small circle of friends that you have, someone mm-hmm. giving you a hard time about, you know, a workout. And all of a sudden you add stress onto 
what should be a healthy stress exercise. And you, do you hear him say small circle of friends? Do you, hear <laughs> do you pick up on that? The the community of friends. You know, less <laughs> than Hunter. Yourself, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, thing I, the thing this conversation is bringing up, and this is kind of an outside the box thing for me, uh, talking about just my my personal mental health. Uh, Meredith did a great job painting a picture of just the journey she has to take and the pressure that she's under. Um, most of us aren't competing at that level and never will, but. I had a workout for me. It wasn't about the score. It was, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a couple of weeks ago. It was a thruster workout. And the last set of thrusters, I just quit. I mean, I did, I don't know what it was. I think I did sets of three or something. But it was indicative to me. My score actually really wasn't that bad because I had just, I came out hot. I think there was some rowing in there. Classic me. But uh, I knew that day when I was in the truck on the way home, I was like, you know what? some weakness moved in there. I quit on that workout. Sugar Watt didn't, it wasn't embarrassing or anything, but I knew this is not, I'm not in a good mental place if I let that wear me down inside of eight minutes. I just wanted to quit life, you know? And uh, I had some thinking to do outside of the box of what what is actually the most important for me because I think I was chasing Sugar Watt that day. I was like, oh, it's got a machine in it. I can like I can be a guy that's only two scrolls down maybe, you know. And that got in my mind and then once the thrusters hit that last set, I was smoked. And so anyway, I think, you know, being able to pay attention to where you are and what's important for you and noticing those little gains or little slips and being aware of both equally and putting them in perspective and being able to think about those things for me, it changed the next probably 10 workouts because like, you know what? I lost track of who I was trying to be in here for a while. And uh, it, re- it really got to me. And, it, and the th- interesting thing is, is that spills out, right? Yeah, yeah. It spills out on other things. You're suddenly aware of, whoa, I, I quit on my kid right there. My kid needed me and I just quit on him because I came out hot at work all day mm-hmm. and I had nothing left for my sons at the end of the day. So I don't know, just the mental games that we play in there, depending on how you're playing, they can do really good things or really bad things for you. You're talking about Froning, and he's thinking about freaking payroll, and people are watching him on YouTube just impressed at just his athleticism. I mean, he's trying to carry an entire organization doing rope climbs and double-unders, you know? It's it's completely crazy how this type of exercise trains your between-the-years for the other things that you do. Yeah, we could talk forever on that. I think ultimately it just comes down to like every single person, metrics are good. Like we use metrics, they're a really empowering thing. Yeah, Metrics also could be used unhealthily. And so when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to exercise, we, we give metrics to things to empower people. But of course, there's going to be the potential to use them in an unhealthy way or to be frustrated. And we just want people to realize that the metrics leave it where they are. Metrics are one step in a certain direction and they can just as easily go the other way the next day. Yeah. You know, and so all of a sudden it takes away a little bit of that pressure and all of a sudden the metrics are only positive. It's only going to reveal something to me and empower me to make a more educated step. And then you just take all these educated steps all along the way, and all of a sudden your habits become, you know, leading you towards the direction you want to go. I think that's a perfect summation. Way to go. Well done. Good metric. Thank you. And now we're going to the next segment. (laughs) (laughs) What do we call this segment? Uh... uh, On the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Ben, hit it. 
outside the box. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, with this with this segment, I think we're gonna discuss a, a couple of changes coming to the uh, the Coyote Fitness Podcast as um, as life happens and things happen and people grow and change and um, take new opportunities and stuff. Uh, ben and Chase both have taken some new opportunities with their careers, and it has um, led us to um, have to move forward without you guys. And, um, you know, we, we really, and, you know, I've talked to both of you all uh, off mic about this, but, um, thank goodness this would have been awkward. That makes if my not. title work <laughs> on the mic. Man. Man uh, what if it, we were both like, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, what's going on? No. Yeah. We, we talked about it and it's, and it's, you guys have been with us from the beginning and we wouldn't be here where we are, um, without you guys. And it's, it, it really is nothing, nothing personal or anything against you guys at all. It's, it's, you know, we, um, want to start putting out podcasts, um, more frequently and, um, you guys are in different places in your career where that is just not possible. And so, you know, we, I think we all are, are kind of understanding of that point. And I just wanted to, uh, express publicly, um, to everybody, to all our listeners, how much appreciation I have for both of you guys, um, for this has it been five years? Four Man, years? long time. Yeah, right at five. Long yeah. journey that we yeah. that we've been through, and what you guys will always be um, a huge part of this um, this podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you to yeah. both of you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been an honor to do it, man. And I thought we were talking about this. What was it last week? Uh, you know, we always celebrate growth and progress on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have since the beginning. And I think this is really a representation of that. I mean, you know, I, I said, we said together, it would be a shame if after five years, we were all in the exact same place as we were before. We wouldn't be living the things that we say are important here on this podcast. So it makes complete sense that we, as the Coyote team has grown, to get more members of that team behind the microphone yeah. to talk about the culture and the way they're participating in it, um, not just from an, an athlete's perspective, but also from a coach's perspective and the culture. And that's something we've always wanted to celebrate here on this podcast is the Coyote culture, not just the methodology or the way that's affecting particular individuals. And I, for one, am excited to ha- have those new voices on. I think it's going to bring new life to the podcast and to be able to get it out with more more regularity uh, because we aren't trying to schedule nine different careers in one room. I mean, right. the older we've gotten, the more difficult that's become. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you 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 hit the nail on the head. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot of new coaches, and we want to give them a voice and um, be able to you know have them share their wisdom as well. Um, and also, man. You guys both got a lot going on too. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, including cross. Well, for me, including yeah. cross. <laughs> I'm on the cooler things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think uh, I couldn't celebrate it any more than we have, and and um, we we appreciate. I don't know I appreciate being yeah, able to sure. having having been a part, thinking about all those ridiculously crazy things we discuss and uh and i'm also very excited the next time the olympics are around to not be questioned about <laughs> things i don't know <laughs> things i don't know it's like thing. Uh, uh, i'm glad we got this uh, out of the way before nfl season started <laughs> and i had to pick a super bowl team <laughs> uh, exactly. hey tom brady still works <laughs> exactly so i can say two things definitely i uh, i will still be an avid listener 
and I will still have a very loud voice on the black mats. That's not going anywhere, So, which is kind of my favorite place to be, ribbing people. So uh, we wish it all the best. And I'm expecting maybe one or two invites a year. That's oh, all. yeah. The, this is not like a <laughs> see you never. It's a... <laughs> Deuces, suckers. Yeah, we'll, we'll, right, we'll be checking right. in. We'll be checking in. Yeah. But um, for, for listeners of the podcast, um, you can expect going forward to uh, have a weekly um, segment. Um, so we're excited about that. Um, we're also working on being able to um, video them and put them on YouTube as well. And so people will be able to watch them on YouTube as well. So we got, um, a lot of exciting plans for the Coyote, uh, fitness podcast and, um, looking forward to that and, uh, looking forward to, uh, our check-ins. We'll, we'll make sure and plan those right around the start of the NFL and right Please around do. the Olympics. Yeah, so, me in. so we can, we, <laughs> what we a coincidence. Can, so we can get you guys in there to, to, to make some, some picks. Yeah. So what do we say, Chase? Like, good afternoon. Good evening. No, I feel like we've canceled that from our lives. Oh, <laughs> with a lot of backstory, we don't have time. Oh, okay, to explain. we can't say something the Truman Show. So, what do we say? Signing off or? Uh, good night, Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs>